1: Welcome to another podcast episode of Merkaba Chakras. I'm your host, Vaughn Galt. And today we learn about grounding consciousness in higher levels of 5D reality with author Allison Pillow of finally thriving and so with that Allison welcome to Merkava Chakras welcome back thank
2: you so much it's so fun to be here I'm I'm honored it's such a pleasure thank you yeah oh you
1: oh yeah (laughs) I know we've been we were just talking about before we started this um episode recording about the serendipitous nature of how uh we came about and, and all of that so um, for people who are going, what are you talking about? So, so in short, about a year and a half ago, I was doing book interviews for my Buddhism books, and um, and I was reaching out um, to just different podcasters, different radio places, different different sources for media coverage to have a book talk about the contents of Buddhist mandalas and uh, Buddhist guide, my 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 three books. And um, I had sent an email to a comedian, Sam Tripoli of um, Tinfoil Hat. And it was just on my list of podcasts of, that were metaphysical. So I sent the, the, uh, the email over. And he, serendipitous, had some people scheduled for that slot. And they canceled on him because of something, um, some kind of conflict last minute. And so they canceled on him. So he had an open slot all skewed up and it had no one to talk to. And then my email had come in it right at that time. And he's like, oh, my goodness. Yes, let's talk about Buddhist metaphysics and star seeds and aliens. Yes, those are great topics. And so it kind of, the angels kind of slid me right into that time slot. And so I did that interview. And Alison Pillow's husband listens to that podcast for entertainment, and he listened to it. and He said, "Oh my goodness, this is right up my wife's alley of interest because she is into consciousness, metaphysics, uh, wellness, and and higher levels of of health." And so he had her listen to it, and so she listened to it, and then she reached out to me, and then we we became um, good acquaintances and friends and I did her show she did my show last year and I said you gotta do um a book you gotta write a book of all this great knowledge that you have been living and so fast forward (laughs) 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 I ordered my own copy of Allison Pillow's finally thriving book and um And I love it. So next time you're up in the Seattle area, Allison, come to my house and give me an autographed copy. So-
2: Absolutely, yes.
1: serendipitous (laughs) how how that all works. And you just never know the smallest connections lead to bigger and bigger and it comes full circle. So congratulations on your new book. Um, Let's go into it. So first of all, tell us, how did finally thriving come about from your perspective
2: yeah so um gosh and it was an interesting serendipitous you know uh process for me for sure it was uh february 2020 uh i was at my dad's i was helping him with a hip replacement surgery and during that time he passed away i was luckily there and i was able to help him pass by being present. And, and, you know, I think there's definitely some, uh, some sacredness to, to being there with someone when they pass, because you're able to uh, you know, there's just so many, so many energetic shifts when that happens when you're with someone and they pass away, he passed away peacefully. He really wanted to go. um, And I really, Uh, had just such an interesting experience from that. My life really slowed down after that. And um, soon after, about two weeks after uh, the pandemic hit and all the gyms closed, I wasn't working anymore as a trainer in the same sense that I was. And then all of a sudden I had this time to do some writing, really get to some things that I hadn't been doing, but I'd always wanted to do. Um, And you know, what was interesting why I bring up my father's passing is because right after that I had this download of information. Okay, the message was you, you it's time to write a book. And and the and they said, Well, we'll give you all the information. We're gonna help you with this. So I said, Okay, cool. And so I had just prior to all of that happening, I'd read a book called uh, The Artist's Way. And she talked about morning pages and sitting down every morning and just writing whatever comes to mind. It's kind of like an automatic writing practice. And I started doing that right first thing in the morning. And it started very slowly, about 15 to 30 minutes and snowballed into about two hours every morning of writing. And the thing that was different about that practice, as opposed to when I would try to write things is I didn't think about what I was writing. I just kind of was a clear vessel for whatever wanted to come through. Much Mm -hmm. of it being, you know, things that I had experienced, some of my stories, but also a lot of things that um, I had been integrating, but some things I had yet to integrate. And I was integrating through the writing of the book and uh, through the whole process of the book, which was really interesting. So, you know, during the course of the six months, I hired someone who could help me, uh, could coach me through the rest of it, help me format it and edit it. And then I found a publisher that was really wonderful. And then I worked with them and it just, you know, I just learned the process of writing a book, which was really interesting um, it was great because I decided, wow, you know, I'm gonna instead of trying to do everything myself like I was doing before, I decided I would get support. I would hire people who would support me in this process so I could learn how to do it, but also be able to maintain the creative integrity that I wanted to include mm-hmm. in the book. And so, as you know, there's there's a lot of um, there's an action step after each chapter, but most of it's it's not complicated. The information itself is not complicated. Uh, Intentionally, because I wanted people to uh, be more in a reflective mode, because I thought, you know, we we have we've been inundated with so much information. Mm-hmm. It's time for us to create some space and just of reflection, just some space for ourselves, so we can slow down a bit and take this all in, because you know, I feel like the way we had been doing it and myself included just wasn't working. I wasn't feeling fulfilled in my life. I wasn't feeling Mm -hmm. like I was doing the things I really wanted to do because I wasn't creating the space for that. I was filling myself up with busyness all the time and then trying to do uh, the things on the side that were really important to me. So uh, this was a way finally for me to be able to prioritize what I wanted to do in my life and acknowledge those desires within me, so I took that as an opportunity to to write the book and um, it was It really turned out better than I could have ever imagined and I've I've shared this on with some other people too. That the information sometimes is really great to get out, especially if you've been coaching or teaching for a long time and you've mm-hmm. accumulated all this information. It's really great to just get it out of the body and 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 share it with the world because um, you know it doesn't do it doesn't do me any justice to hold it in either. So mm-hmm. and especially during that time of the pandemic, I'd seen all this stuff happening, um, and I was like, people need to. People need to have this information so they know how to navigate themselves um, naturally. Like all these naturally natural things we have already, um, how do you access that? You know, how do you discern between what's true for you and and what's not? And so I wanted to help people with all these issues I th- saw cropping up during that time. So that's basically how it came about. I just really felt like a deep need to serve much more in a bigger way. Um, It was uncomfortable because I said, you know, because I'd been really kind of hiding for some time and keeping myself pretty small and not wanting to put myself out there. But I felt called to do uh, this because I felt like a number one it's healing for me to be able to kind of step into a bigger stage for myself, but also to share this, like not keep it to myself. So um, yeah, it was, it was a pretty incredible process and um, really healing during that time too. It was a, it's, it's still kind of a crazy time, but now it's, uh, it helped me, it helped me deal with some of the things that were going on as well. So it gave me some purpose during that time.
1: That's good. That's good to hear. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. Now, um, you said they downloaded this information uh, and insight to. It's time to start writing. Who are they?
2: Well, the the relationship I've cultivated since is is source. It's uh, the divine, is what I call okay. it. And um, it, I just you know, I I just go directly to source at this point. Um, and so I, I feel I find that's the easiest cleanest way to do it you know and um uh and i uh it just i just make things like that very simple um i love hearing about like how everybody connects with their intuition and their higher mm-hmm. self um and that's just the way i do it is i just connect directly to source and i let that information come through me and it and it gets expressed however that gets expressed mm-hmm. and so in that that was the writing um And so ever since, you know, I've been doing other things too, like with voice and stuff, but, um, yeah, I just feel like that is, um, that's what's served me the most. And I wanted to teach other people how to connect in their own way, you know, just provide a a guide or a, a tool for people to be able to integrate the information that they're getting and also discern between the information that might not be for them. Um, and, and, and the, the other information that would be right for them, you know, more in line with them, but you have to Mm -hmm. get into alignment first yourself. So it includes, you know, aligning the mind, connecting with the body, and then finally listening to the spirit. And we, we haven't really been taught practically how to do those things. And I wanted to bring the practicality into it so that people felt like it was accessible to them. So, um, that was a, a big thing that I wanted to kind of come across, and then also just open the mind up to creativity and just being open as a receiver, you know, mm-hmm. to, to everything.
1: Mm-hmm. So you touched about this uh, on the book, and so there's a lot of content um, that people can go into. And what I really like about about the book is it doesn't matter where you land; you don't have to start from the beginning, the middle, the end. You can pick any spot, and just they kind of they kind of sit on their own. They're like little little (laughs) nuggets of wisdom that they kind of sit on their own. And so I like, I like that, um, that like they are independent, um, thoughts of their own now for people and they can get more information in the book, but, um, how do you, can you tell us the process of how you directly connect to God or source within like, what's your process? What's your step-by-step?
2: I usually do a meditation and I included the meditation in the book as well. Um, I do a couple of different things but usually I'll do a a connecting to the light meditation so I'll visualize um myself coming up connecting to the light I kind of like it's kind of funny I I I I visualize myself as like a little superhero going up to the to the light and connecting and then it coming down and uh then it just comes down through the body through the chakras it filling my body all cells of my body with loving light and Then I, um, and this is a meditation that was taught by one of, to me, by one of my teachers. And uh, then you imagine this cord coming down into the earth um, and connecting with a, with a crystal, whatever color crystal you'd like it to be is, you know, whatever comes up is what it is. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's different. Mine's usually pink and um, I connect with the crystal. um, And then I also let go of like anything is that isn't serving me. I kind of let that go down into the earth and compost. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I let that loving energy, that grounding energy of the earth come up and get meet at the heart space and expand out past the planet and beyond. Um, and filling it in, uh, with pure love frequency. So that that's basically the quick and the dirty about how I just really connect. Mm -hmm. Um, other way, other times too, I connect through my voice. I'll do some vocal toning to clear each energy center, uh, each chakra so that I can also be a clear vessel, clear channel for, for that kind of expression. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, those are my go-tos right there.
1: (laughs) well <laughs> those are those are very very good go-to's and they're they're in the book and just for that that light meditation if people want to visualize it it's just basically like a funnel of light coming down and then you uh just imagine all any kind of uh, negative energy or dense energy or stuck energy in body just kind of put it down to the earth let mother earth recycle it through and then it comes back up it's like kind of like a Toyota field like an apple okay so the 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 energy field that That's kind of how it's, how it is like. So, um, and you just, and it's just a visual meditation um, that you do to kind of ground yourself as you try to, as you work to connect directly with uh, the God within you. Now, let me ask you this for people who are doing that meditation that they read, we do the book or any other meditation that works for them that, um, that has that outcome how do you know you are, um, you've made that connection. Like when the information is coming through, what happens to you?
2: Yeah. So once I've made, I can feel the light coming in. Um, you know, I've done it enough times where I can feel the clear, uh, the clarity coming in and, mm-hmm. and really feeling grounded in the body. You know, you may feel, um, when, when you do this meditation at first, you may feel a little bit, um, kind of tipsy, you know, kind of like, Ooh, you know, euphoric, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then after a while you get used to that. And, um, for me, uh, I just, I, I, I just, you know, once I've connected to it, I trust that what I'm going to, if like, for example, when I'm on a podcast, I trust that whatever comes through is for the highest and greatest good of all who listen. And I just, you know, I, I create that intention there. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I, you know, I just, I kind of just feel, you know, I just, I don't, I guess I just don't think twice about it. I just talk.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. <laughs> and so for people, for, for people who are trying to understand this. Okay. So when they, they have proven this in science that when you get to the part of um, kind of like a no thought. uh yes. That, that is pretty much the point in which you're um having that connection to source because um your 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 brain cannot have two thoughts at the same time they cannot serve two masters you physically cannot think of two things at the same time try it you're not gonna it's not gonna happen so when you're doing these meditations the the really quick meditation um that I do is 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 a old Hindu um, Buddhist technique and basically you just focus on your thought and when you're focusing on your thought you're focusing on what are you thinking of and the minute you turn your thought back around to focusing on what you're thinking of you immediately stop thinking about anything you can actually feel it in your brain that there's like no thought all of a sudden it's an empty thought and you don't you're like not having any kind of thought of anything at that point is when you have wiped your your thoughts, and then if you're working on something, put put a picture of the outcome that you want to experience on there, and so now you're resetting um, the matrix basically with the outcome that you want, and then you just focus on that outcome, and that's then you just release it. That's your intention. That's you just release it back to to source. And I love that. it's it's really good when you're like if you are for some people working out, painting, gardening, whatever activity they love to do that basically clears their thoughts and they're not sitting there thinking about the um, to do list or things that that are plaguing them. Those are really great meditation techniques, because for most people, when they're painting or gardening or working out, they're not really thinking anything. They're kind of in, in lost yeah. in, in, in their own activity they're not thinking about their their woos um and those are the great times in which also you get to that not that space of no thinking and then insert the outcome of what your folk you want to experience next so those are some really great quick meditation techniques and there's lots of ways to do it Um, but when you get to that point if you are trying to open yourself to receiving information from source, God, consciousness, Allah, whatever you want to call it, you, you reach the empty space and then information starts flowing in. As, and you know, it's not yours because this is not <laughs> all you were just thinking nothing. All of a sudden, all this information starts coming in. Yeah. That's typically what people call uh, the, the 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 modern vernacular they call da- downloads. Oh. Um, but it's the same thing. It's just basically getting, um, getting information. And so the question that I have for you, when you get to that part of um, getting these downloads, mm-hmm. how do you discern that the information is um, has integrity or, or is it's maybe a little tainted because, <laughs> you know, yeah. how do you discern the well- information is good?
2: Did- yeah, I I think I did, I discern it by first of all I'm like you like you described there's no thought involved so it's just coming clear through. And secondly, it it's it, for me it's out of anything that involves love. So if it's out of love, then I know, you know, that's that where that's coming from and um yeah, I think if there's any other energy there as far as negativity or um self-hate or self-criticism, I would say that would be, you know, the discernment right there as far Mm -hmm. as what I do. You know, I talk about this in my book too, that your default mode, like just noticing where your mind goes first is really important because then you can kind of become aware of your own patterns that, Mm -hmm. you know, that you've been uh, trained into over the years. So uh, if you're using a lot of uh, what I call conflict language, like shouldn't, wouldn't, uh, don't, can't, mm-hmm. even just simple things like that, noticing how much are you saying that to yourself? How much are you criticizing or judging yourself? And then doing the same to others. That's a great also place to start. And then, you know, you can start to retrain your brain by just starting to say, I want, I am, I I get to like mm-hmm. those phrases, um, that's a real simple exercise. Um, and just even like every time I'm in nature, I'm hiking or I'm, I'm taking a walk in nature. Uh, usually it's like, I, I feel pretty clear, uh, and, and can feel like I'm in my own energy. Um, there was mm-hmm. another little fun, actually little fun exercise that I learned from somebody too, from one of my voice teachers. She taught me like, sometimes we have, um, it's not necessarily bad, but we just have a lot of people in our field of energy. Like it could mm-hmm. be, you know, as you know, there could be like guides or, or aliens, any, any kind of like, you know, entity that you can think of. And there's sometimes many times here to help you, but sometimes it's also helpful just to, cl- just to be in your own energy for, from time to time. Mm-hmm. So uh, one thing she taught me was to bring the energy field in pretty close to the body and then think of like, just, picking everybody out of the energy field and just placing them outside of it, just for a little bit, you know, and, and then just taking, and then once you've cleared everybody off of your energy field, you take it, uh, the energy from the heart, you expand it out through that, a uh, smaller energy field. And then you feel that, and if that's mm. your energy, so that that's clear of every, cause you have ancestors, you have guides, you have, mm-hmm. like I said, aliens and all kinds of entities with you all the time and and Mm they're many of them many i would say uh, you know if you're it just depends on the person but i would say for the most part they want to help and also they're okay with you taking them out for a second so you could just be in your own space you know so that's what i experienced as well and that was kind of good to also discern between because um you know, oftentimes I get messages from them as well. And it's like, and sometimes I just need to get clear. Okay, what what message is Allison? What how where do where's Allison right now? <laughs> like yeah, what does she feel like? You know, it's just about feeling that. Um, so that's a great way also to discern between that as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you know, one you know, one of the, the, the great things about consciousness exploration and consciousness evolution into higher realms of consciousness is that you've gone beyond understanding and knowing that you have a direct connection to god or source within you and that you are one expression of infinite possibilities that is expressing um source as its own creation and also independent of it so you know it when you understand that everything is interconnected and also having its own independent journey it's almost like um, it's almost like source is basically having a multiple personality disorder exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay and okay and you just all of a sudden tapped into source <laughs> having a multiple personality disorder talking to himself not talking to himself talking at itself talking for itself whatever <laughs> Yeah. And somewhere in the <laughs> consciousness of all these different personalities that you are connected to, not in you but through the ethers, um there's your identity, there's your voice sitting in in that pool of consciousness as well. It's the in Buddhism they call it the stream, the flow, the life force, right. you know, whatever. So you can connect to anybody in all of creation and of course you can connect to uh source or god directly as well but when you get into it's it's especially for the novice it's really easy to get distracted and to get kind of played and pulled along so Mm -hmm. you so so discernment is i i say this over and over again when it comes to consciousness exploration discernment is a really really strong uh, tool that you have to have when you go into consciousness exploration because you can literally just be in La, La Land for a long time and not really sure you know
2: can. yeah y- yeah because <laughs> everything's
1: all wonderful and ooh, you know and you can kind of travel around and see different things and communicate with different things I also want to say also for clarification with the like the alien, quote, unquote alien consciousness that you may tap into as well or to different collectives. Mm -hmm. Um, Because remember, you can communicate with any, when you tap into through meditation, which Buddhists have been doing for, and Hindus have been doing for thousands of years, through hypnosis, through hypnotic meditation, through so many different ways um, that you could do it. Uh, When you tap into that, you come across these quote-unquote quote, alien consciousness and for some people they may have that as their guardian angel as their guides as the so forth because prior to this incarnation as a human being they were of that consciousness and were of that incarnation so like if you were a i don't know a blue alien in some kind of planet yeah. and your mother is is watching over you in this incarnation. But didn't incarnate, she would be your guard, your ancestor guardian that it's kind of looks like an alien yes. or it has an alien consciousness, but it's still your mother's energy. But from a previous lifetime when you were an alien. So right. we get a little bit into um, into that kind of ET consciousness contact and so forth that goes into the star sea conversation on Toku children and Toku people in Buddhism completely off topic but I just wanted to because you mentioned the UFO and the yeah. aliens that when yeah. you connect to source that you may have some of those uh croppings of people mm-hmm. communicating um because they're like oh yeah she's tapped into the source uh, let's talk to her so if you do get that It's nothing to be scared of, but you do have to have discernment on um, on the information that comes through. So let me ask you this, because this goes right into my next question. So during a time of massive social change, why is it important for us to align our mind and our body on a consistent basis, like constantly ground ourselves? Why is it important?
2: Because of just especially this day and time that we're in right now, it's... um, you you can get out of your body so quickly and get swept up into all the drama that's happening around you, um, and really get lost in, in what, uh, in coming back home to yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just, there's so many distractions right now. Um, and so, I think it's important to learn how to first, we'll start with a mind, like learn how to focus it, train it. Because if you, if you're not, if you haven't trained your mind, it's just going to, it's not going to be a tool for you anymore creatively in your life. It's going to end up being um, some, a form of suffering because it's just going to take you in all these different directions. Um, And then you're going to think you are your mind, right? So we want to make sure that Our mind is a part of this. It's a, it's a nice tool to have for our perception of our reality. And it's also, uh, it's also not who we are. So realizing that it's something to be trained, just like your body, Mm -hmm. it is part of your, you know, your, your brain is part of your body. So um, we have to train that as well. And you want to train it to focus on the things that you want to create in your life. And so that takes focus and, and anything you show interest in, in your life is what's going to flourish and grow as we've mm-hmm. been told. So we truly are responsible for integrating that with our, with our training, with our mind. So uh, that's very important to learn about, first of all, what, what, you know, decide, uh, make a choice, in what you want to focus on and what you want to make in your life, flourish and grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, From there, for me, it was, you know, training my mind I had been in a very negative mindset for most of my life, what I had learned from family members and, um, and just growing up at, you know, being ideas being projected on and those kinds of things and I had to train myself to be more optimistic, naturally. Um, and, mm-hmm. and from an authentic place. So with that, you know, you, ha- it's, it's really, then you dive deeper into old programming that you experienced mm-hmm. as when you were younger. One thing that came up for me recently, uh, was lack of choice. You know, sometimes we go through these things when we're children and we don't, we, we just take them to heart, but as adults, we understand the situation better, but we haven't actually resolved. The program or the story within ourselves. So we can keep, we can keep going through that until we really resolve it um, and realize that, you know, now you do have a choice. Now you can exercise your choice and um, start making decisions and, and owning those instead of letting mm-hmm. other people make those choices for you, right? So that's a big one right there. That was a huge program for that many people do share as well. Um, from childhood, and so uh, that that would be, and then using your imagination, so that mm-hmm. opens you up to receiving more of what you want to focus on, more of what you want to create. Very simple concepts, but I'm finding that a lot of people aren't doing these things, right? Because we're getting swept up,
1: right, right, drama,
2: and then you know, yeah, go ahead.
1: Well, let me ask you this. I'm gonna add, I'll, 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 so it's when you are in the thick of. I call it a life a life lesson. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's, you know, a, a dramatic event that is life altering, depending on this, this decision you make, and it's a tough decision because it's not it's not like a neon light going make this decision. This is this easy this is the way to this is the way to go. It's not like we have an oracle that, which is why right. psychics are you know, uh, psychics and oracle uh, services are still you know. A lot of people still seek them because they want that. Well, what's going to happen next to me in the next couple years? If I make this decision, is this going to work out? And the, the answer is you are making decision and you are living through the decisions yes. um, that you make. So you, what you could do is get as much information so you can make the most educated sound decision for you and that comes across with your intuition and a lot of people do not listen to the intuition they may have a gut feeling like in this situation I really don't want to do this but there's all these other elements that are um, that will make that are forcing that are forcing me or pushing me to do something I don't Inherently want to do, and most people cave, and they stay into that career longer that they don't like, or that company that they don't like, or in that relationship that they don't like um, longer than they want to, or they get into a situation where they um, they eat something that they don't want to eat, or they inoculate themselves with something that they don't want to inoculate themselves, or they move, they buy the house that they settled for because. They did they didn't want to look at other solutions. You know, the list goes on and on. So um what are the common reasons that you found that people do not listen to their intuition and then later on mostly regret it?
2: Yeah, well a lot of people aren't in touch with their intuition and and that's because they haven't practiced you know they haven't practiced leaning into that um and and part of it too is that we have a lot of things that get in the way of that judgment and um criticism um a lot of things that we grew up with um that were projected onto us we we take into our adulthood until we really realize that that's not ours mm. um and So, uh, that goes with your value system. So this all ties into that. So really Mm -hmm. in order for you to get clear on what your values are and stick with them, uh, or stay true to them, you know, that's living in integrity, right? So you want to, um, what I do is I go back to connecting with my inner child. And, um, every time I go back to that, I'm thinking like how, you know, where was I, you know, what were the first, that most early thoughts and feelings around something mm-hmm. like this, you know, and, or like, how did I use my intuition then? Or what, what, you know, go back to a clear time in your life where you could really connect with that part of yourself. Were you curious? Were you open? Were mm-hmm. you excited? You know, all of these feelings and then um, connect with that. And, and, and then you know, then from there, really start to um, play with what your values are, and, and ask mm-hmm. yourself: Are, are these val- are these values yours? Are they society's values? Are they your parents' values, or are they? Have you really, um, you know? created, uh, values that are your own, like really owning your experience. Cause we tend to outsource, mm-hmm. like you were talking about, like our choices. And I used to do that all the time, go to other people to ask well, what, a, what, a, you know, what's next in my life? What should I do now? Cause I just didn't know how to make a choice, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, it's, it's up to us as as individuals, like we're not gonna, you can't do it wrong. You know, you're, you know, you gotta just, try to, you know, go forth, get curious. You're going to make mistakes, but do the best you can and follow your heart. You know, it's like start to connect and prioritize yourself spending time with yourself every day. So you can start practicing your gift of intuition. How do you receive information? Mm -hmm. How do you, uh, decipher through that information? Uh, you know, is it, does it feel right to you? Does it feel true for you? And mm-hmm. it's always, it's, it's, it's a practice like anything else, you know, it took me a long time to really trust that. And, yeah. um, and so I, I do use, I started out using like kinesiology, doing the muscle testing to just play, it just was mm-hmm. like a form of play. So I could, uh, you know, test it out. And start to trust myself with some things at first it felt really silly, but then I thought, you know what, I'm just going to do this and go with it. So whatever my body mm-hmm. tells me is going to be the way we're going to go here. So you can start with a, a, a practice like that by using like a muscle testing technique mm-hmm. where you can just test like, is this in my, and ask yourself before you do your muscle test, is this in my highest and greatest good, or mm-hmm. is this in the highest and greatest good of all? Um, and then you can get more detailed with your questions as well, um, as you go, but, uh, you know, that's, that's the way to start. It's just, it's starting to practice, um, getting comfortable with, uh, receiving the messages that you're getting and then trusting mm-hmm. what comes is, is right for you.
1: Right. Right. And, and, you know, cause we, regardless of whatever tradition you learn your value system from, whether it's Buddhism, Zen, hindu christianity you know the list goes on and on i mean there's like a a million and a half different faith systems so anyways whatever tradition you learn your value systems from um many of them are pretty much the same for the most part but the thing is that when you when when people think of like your value system they think of religious like you know what god you believe in who you believe in that's right. just when that's just in that in in buddhism that's window dressing yeah <laughs> okay that's window dressing you get past the window dressing and at the core is these are the foundations of how to make decisions how to apply discernment how to apply um logic and reason and how to make the best decision and navigate reality using your consciousness so that you manifest the next best greatest experience now you are going to make some mistakes because sometimes um you might be going through a a storm of an event where there's really no clear path and there's nobody everybody's going through it at the same time so you you know you might make a mistake halfway through and realize oh i shouldn't have taken that turn but um if you can learn from it so that it becomes muscle memory that you don't make that mistake again then you can move on and usually from my experience uh source is pretty graceful in giving people second chances and giving them opportunities yeah. and presenting um synchronistic opportunities in front of them because they're like oh you're ready for that next best experience because you've learned from it so give me your example i like to be a examples for for people who are looking for love and they just keep attracting a bad relationship and it is the same relationship the same person over again in different people but it's basically the same character over again but once they finally learn from it and they learn that um that they're better than this and they learn what what um aspects of themselves keep attracting this then around the corner they start attracting much more loving, peaceful, healthy relationships um, yeah. because they don't need those old life lessons anymore. And um, dating decent people becomes much easier. They're almost like fall on your lap. So right. I hear that a lot from people and that can be applied in pretty much anything that we do. So we are going to make some mistakes. Don't yeah. punish yourself and don't punish others for making mistakes that really weren't fruitful for them because if they learn from it they can grow from it and they can um, navigate reality a little more smoothly and the universe will present um, good options I think in Christianity exactly. they call that repentance yeah I think that's <laughs> well, what it is
2: I think so I think repent know. yeah repent. yeah right yeah okay. yeah you
1: Kind of trying to,
2: you know, sweep it under the rug, like, or, you know, transmit it or something. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's the, in Christianity, they call that repentance in, in, in the Eastern philosophies that they call it that learning from your life lessons so that you know how to navigate reality much more smoothly by, without making the same decisions that repeat the same outcomes before Exactly. Um, That's where the reflection
2: comes in, right? The reflection,
1: reflection, and, intuition,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and with mistakes too, like just you know, sometimes we can just be like, oh, you know, instead of looking at, like, oh shoot, I made the wrong turn, say, hey, I I had an intuitive hit, very cool. I'll I'll listen to that next time. You know, no big deal if you miss it. It's a like it's a practice, so you just got to keep trying. You know, and um. And that'll make your intuition stronger if you, if you build that trust.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So that goes into my next question. What can we learn from the common victim perpetrator roles in our life lessons? You know,
0: what can we learn? Because there's going to be times,
1: there's going to be times where let's say you were the victim and your, let's say your, your older sibling was the perpetrator, Bullying you and beating you up, and later on, you guys switch roles, and now you're the person helping your 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 older uh, sibling clean up their life. You know, you guys switch yeah. roles, and and you guys forgive each other, etc. That happens all the time for many people throughout their life. So, the person that is your perpetrator may be your hero later later down the road. When yeah. you need somebody to help you, you might not be the victim anymore. <laughs> you know, exactly. You might be, you know, so, what can we learn from this? this interchanging role that happens to a lot of people.
2: Yeah, that there's so much we can learn from that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's definitely going, uh, looking at my past lives has helped me understand that much better. I played the victim in many of my past lives and I'm realizing like in this lifetime that, um, that, that is something I am transmuting in this lifetime, not, not doing that again. And, uh, you know, I I think also if we can, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard when you're feeling pain and you you know you're trying to uh, have compassion uh, in that moment. But again, it's it's really what what we want to do come to a place of responsibility for um for our part in all of this. And we've all played the shadow and the light in every lifetime that we've mm-hmm. been in. I mean, it's we've done both. You know, uh, so you know, it's, it's seeing, it's seeing it from a broader perspective instead of just, you know uh, what is, what has happened. It's like, it's, it's, and to me also, it's finding the lesson in that when you can, when you can get past the pain and heal from it, and then, um, you know, transmuting that into something uh, beautiful. Um, and th- that creates compassion and unconditional love for others. Cause you can see more of the oneness and everything and how it all works together. And right. there could be a situation where you felt like a victim, but maybe it was the best thing that ever happened to you in your life, because it created a catalyst for you to change. You're going a different direction in your life. Right. Um, you know, so uh, it, it's just, it's all like, it's all experiences after a while we're just, you know, but I think. The, the problem lies is when we identify too much with that role mm-hmm. and it, and that becomes who we are, but if we can get past the identity aspect and shed that part of ourselves, then we can begin to connect with those deeper aspects of what that symbolizes, what that means, what we can learn from it, from that experience. Um, can you have compassion for your perpetrator, um, that takes a lot of compassion and understanding in one person for that. But, you know, I think everybody's capable of it. It's, it's just, again, it's like, um, it, you know, there's a, it just depends on where you are in the process and what you're willing to, you know, what you're willing, willing to let go of as well. It, you know, this has been a huge couple of years for, for really um shedding identities and you know people realizing they're not who they thought they were they're not what they do they're so much more and so we're a lot of people are reexamining that right now and and reflecting on that and realizing that yes the the victim you know, we've all played the victim and it's not, and eventually for me personally, it didn't serve me after a while. I was like this, I'm not living the life I really want to live because I'm blaming everybody else for Mm -hmm. where I'm at or my issues. And that isn't working for me. I don't feel empowered by that. So Mm -hmm. what can I do now to become empowered? What, how can I start to take responsibility for my life and what I create, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's, I think what it, what we we want to come to eventually, yeah. Um, but again, it's it depends on where someone's at with it. But I think it all starts with the self reflection aspect. If you're if you have enough courage to start to want to take re- responsibility for your life and to start reflecting on your life, examining it, then that's a huge step forward, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, yeah. You, you know this this question about um, the energy of the victim and perpetrator roles is really essential in the human experience from my understanding and from my observation with uh, various clients because i i also do past life uh meditation hypnosis consultations and um sometimes it requires tr- looking at those different outlets or different tools to be able to go and understand on a psychological or on, on a spiritual level what what is holding down your energy what are the dense energies what's the what's the what's the blockage um, on your consciousness that's preventing that's keeping you down from going all the way up in consciousness so in short everyone your energy your energy is based off your consciousness and your consciousness is what steers and navigates you to different parallel realities or different realities and manifest different experiences so if your consciousness is always paranoid of getting the car accident you're going to manifest that car accident everybody's done this everybody knows this is a truth they've done these these law of attraction types of exercises all over the place, it is it is a fact that your consciousness is what creates your external reality that you experience within the hologram or within the matrix. Um, but if you don't want to have those unconscious programs and things manifesting, then you need to clean up your consciousness in order to get into higher levels of consciousness and ex- experience Higher and higher experiences that you manifest within um, within your existence. You need to clean up those dense energies stuck in your your aura field, stuck yeah. in in your consciousness. So, in short, you got to clean up your consciousness. And so, if there's something that triggers you, like um, like a like a mommy daddy issue, for example, or maybe a bullying issue. Um, that just triggers you then that's what you need to work on you might have an unconscious uh, program that you haven't let go of maybe being bullied by your older brother (laughs) who used to use you as like a punching bag because he was having issues communicating his issues that he was dealing with and so it was just easy to take it out on a little brother that that happens oftentimes in families but then you grow up and it's a trigger for some people they still hold on to that resentment, so um
2: yeah you know I had when those come up I, you have to address that exactly i i, I shared a story uh, about being bullied in in the book, and I shared it mainly because I wanted I wanted to share with people how this manifests into reality it's not always like obvious, you know and um, explain
1: explain to people exactly the story and how did this unconscious program that's stuck in your consciousness that you didn't know existed manifested later on in life
2: yeah so this was um part of part of uh, other experiences that i had was with a kid where um there was this boy at my school i think it was 6th grade and he was just tormenting me um every day, like, uh, you know, it was, he was bullying me. He would be in the halls and trip me and do all this. It was really after a while, I was just like starting to get depressed because it, he was always there and always tormenting me and it was awful. And, um, I, I, you know, from that experience, I just started being like, oh, my God, it's just is just me being myself. Is that pissing people off or they, you know, do, is this what I'm like, create like, is this what I'm creating like for being me? And um, so from that from that experience, in addition to other experiences I had had. Uh, because I was just like an outgoing person, and I just did my thing, and I think I don't know that might have threatened other people at times, and I really didn't pay attention to how that people you know reacted to that so much, and until they reacted to me, <laughs> and um, you know I just was a you know an outgoing and and friendly and loving person is how I thought I was, and I wanted to connect with people, and uh, and so. I don't know, for whatever reason, he, he tormented me. And, and then I was like, Oh my God, you know, I need to change who I am. I need to shape shift into somebody else. So I'd not noticed, I don't want to be, you know. I don't want to feel this pain anymore. I need to really dim myself to fit in, and so I went by this this story of like I'm pissing people off just by being me. So I better be somebody else. I better be whoever someone wants me to be. And so I started doing that. And then of course, gymnastics, being a gymnast, didn't help because like I'm having to shift into that. Like you know, as as a gymnast, you're you're really forming into whatever your coach or your judge wants you to be, and that kind of thing too. So it was kind of a double whammy. Mm -hmm. Um, and so what that did, that, that, that experience, you know, being the victim, it didn't exactly, it it translated into me really hiding myself and really Mm -hmm. not wanting to be seen and, and wanting to fit in and, Um, and, and when that happens, it doesn't serve anybody because you're not really exposing who you are. And each person is such a gift in their unique way in their own personal expression. And when you hide that from people, or you try to be what they, what you think they want you to be, it's a disservice to them as well. So I realized that, um, that, oh my God, that, one thing that happened to me that I thought was not a big deal at all. And I felt like I got over was, was following me into my adulthood and how I responded to people in my adulthood, my professional life, uh, you know, f- friendship, everything. And, and I was suffering inside because it wasn't fun for me to not be me. Cause I had forgotten who I was during that time too. I was like, okay, I need to find myself again. Cause she's like hidden way, way somewhere. And um, so anyway, that's a that's an example that I gave in the book is like, you know, these little things that happen or big things that happen when we're younger. We think we've we've resolved them by just getting older and becoming adults and understanding it from adult perspective. But actually, we're, it's still there. It's still running in your subconscious. So it's up to you to to acknowledge that and and you know, resolve that trauma and then you can, you can get it, go into your adulthood without feeling like you're in a survival mode state in that, in your subconscious, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. 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 Our, our unconscious behavior patterns that people call your beliefs, you know, right, your, prog- right. your programs, your unconscious conditioning, you know, whatever names you want to, you want to use for it. Um, they they become triggers and we started this interview where you said i need to come out of my shell i need to put myself out there i need to stop hiding back in the background
2: yes exactly okay exactly. so
1: you just you just <laughs> proved you just proved that this incident that you didn't think anything of was sitting in your consciousness unconsciously influencing your decision in your life yep in all different areas by kind of fitting in holding back trying to like not make ways
2: exactly all that kind of
1: stuff <laughs> so so when we when we do these um exercises and integrate higher levels of consciousness um a lot of it is self-reflection a lot of it is a little repentance if you want to use that word um learning from your life lessons and then transcending them um a lot of it is forgiveness of yourself and let let alone others because they mirrored and showed you how you reacted to that. You could have done a complete opposite, but you yes. reacted the way you reacted. And because you reacted the way you reacted, because that was what you chose to do, it produce an outcome of how you were going to be moving forward. So this happens a lot when people start working on cleaning, cleaning up their consciousness, they come across these little mini triggers. They're like, I didn't know that I had stuck energy there. Okay. I got to clean that up. I I got stuck energy here about, you know, being bullied from my brother or being spanked by my mom or whatever. So there's so many different ways in which we use these victim perpetrator life lessons and, one of the best things to do is to find the higher road, find the higher path, find a way to look at the situation and um, pick the higher expression of how you're going to react to it. So like for example, for example, we got to give people tools Mm -hmm. uh, because people can talk about how, until they're, they're blue about how they were victimized Right, but they but when when they're in those situations, they, we gotta give them tools that they um, can use and apply in those situations. So, like, if your children are bullied now, I know your 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 son is um, grown up, but if your children were bullied in the, in grade school, what kind of tools did you give them, like talk tracks or or Do you give him any kind of tools to kind of navigate that? Because every kid has a bullying issue.
2: That's true. Yeah. And he, my youngest was bullied when he was in middle school. And I would ask him every day, uh, you know, if he wanted to switch schools, if this is, if he, if he wanted to stay and keep, you know, going through this. And he, he wanted to finish the year out and he, he decided to finish the year out and then switch school. So I left that choice up to him and I was there to support him and love him through that process. You know, of course, if it gets to a point where your, your child is under, um, under a threat of, of violence or something, that's going to be completely different. Um, but yes every kid gets bullied just cuz they seem different or they look different or they you know they're not quite this you know the same as everybody else in the group so um yeah and it's it's unfortunate but it uh, it's pretty pretty normal for most kids to go through um and uh i think <sighs> it's really hard to be a parent and to watch your kid get bullied. And I think you want to take care of the problem. You know, you kind of want to jump in there and, to, and save them. And at the same time, it's it's also uh, important for them to have their own uh, way of, uh, I guess, figuring it out, you know, and trying to, you know, because they're going to learn from it too. And if, and if sometimes if you just um, take them, Away from or the situation, or save them. This is what came up for me as I was going through that with him. Is that, you know, I, I want him to really own his decision of wanting to leave the school. If that's really what he wants, we'll do it in a heartbeat. If he wants to stay and see this out then. And that's what he decided to do. He decided to stay the rest of the year. And then at the end of the year, he wanted to change school. So that's how we handled it. And then therefore he was, um, able to own that experience a little bit more. And, um, he knew I was there to support and love him. And I was going to help him if he needed the help, you know, I was there, but, um, ultimately he, he, he did it himself. So, you know, he handled it, handled it. So, that's good, um, and That's we, good. You know, we talked to teachers too, and and you know everybody kind of was in, involved, but it wasn't like you know it was it, it all worked out because we just you know I didn't jump in there, nobody jumped in and tried to save the day, so you know that mm-hmm. was helpful. I think,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That there, there's a lot of different ways um, in which you know when I ask when I talk about um, providing tools to handle these these life situations, tools is not just like tools like a physical like a hammer tool tools are also talk tracks like role playing if the if this happened what do you what what do you what would you say like I have a seven-year-old and she's in first grade and they're going they're going through kid conversations you know switching lunches or switching seats at the bus I mean you know kid drama right right (laughs) kid drama um but anyways it's earth shattering for them because they don't have any benchmark for for any other kind of drama and so you know she'll present the bus drama that day whatever the deal is I didn't sit in my same seat like I always sit on somebody else took my seat I didn't know what to do and I said okay well let's role play and so my husband and I will listen my husband and I will listen to the drama and then we would role play pretending to be other kids and so then she would she would tell us what typically would happen. Well, well what if this, you know, and, and we're like, we'll role play. And like, we'll role play and role play and role play different scenarios. So that she has the talk tracks and has a couple of different things that she can easily pull out from her bag of yeah. uh, tricks to be like, I'm going to say this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to offer this or so whatever. And so um, she got into the situation again where the the say her and another um, friend were wanting to sit with a third friend and neither wanted to give. So, so the solution was they all sat there (laughs) and squeezed in. (laughs) (laughs) It's supposed to be two in a seat, but three skinny little girls sat into one roll on on the bus together and that was the solution, but they were all happy. And they, and they figured out a solution because they, they talked back and forth. Um, Well, let's switch seats. I don't want to switch seats. Well, I'll switch su- seats with you and t- we could take turns on another day. I don't want to take turns on a day. Well, I don't want to leave. Okay, then fine. Well, all three are going to sit here and just settle. And that was the solution. And they were all happy. They found a solution to that. But anyways. That's good. It, it's, a, it, it's, it's kind of a, 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 it's elementary example. Yeah, it's um, great example. But, but when we're going through life, most of our life lessons are not violent.
2: Okay, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> but it's exactly. not
1: violent. Most of our life lessons are not are us getting our our face smashed in, or we're getting brutalized, or we're getting in a car accident. Yes, those really really dramatic um, episodes can happen and do happen to many people. But for the most part, most of the life lessons that have triggers and that we hold in our consciousness as unconscious baggage, holding down our consciousness. Um, they they are these soft life lessons. Okay, yes. these so- I call them soft. The opportunities for building soft skills, and oftentimes the tools to navigate these soft life lessons um, are having various conversations that you 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 know how to navigate how to address, T- learning how to talk to certain people a certain way, learning how to distinguish and assess your environment and make emotionally intelligent decisions and how you're going to behave or what you're going to say you know there's all these soft skills and a lot of people don't have these soft skills to navigate so when somebody's trying to be a like a perpetrator and you you happen to fall into the victim role you can easily diffuse the perpetrator role by by having the skills to be like why are you doing this because we're both friends
2: Right. Right. You know,
1: I like yeah. you, you like me. I'm sure we could find some way where we can both be happy. Yeah. You know, all be happy without having to make our friend with my daughter without having to make our friend choose between us two. Can't we just right. be a trio? Yeah. Yeah. And that was the, and that was the solution. So that's just a yeah. simple, the simple example.
2: Communication is so important and I, I didn't really get that when I was a kid. And, uh, I had no idea how to do any of that. And so in my, and my, and so I, we made, we, my husband, I've made it a point to, as our kids have gotten older to, you know, dinner time, we all sit together and, you know, at the table and we talk about things that happened in the day. And this is mm-hmm. also where we talk about things like that. And we would, when the kids were younger. Um, And I think that's a great idea for parents is to help them navigate that because they have no idea how to do it. Um, yeah. There's a lot of things that just catch catch you off guard when you're a kid. Yeah. I think you know, and you just and like, they're these Whoa.
1: they're small. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean. God bless the kid that bullied you, and I hope everything's fine. But he ended up 30 years later in a book. That's how much of that little, <laughs> little incident.
2: <laughs> hey, you know That's he how just, much of that little helped. incident it helped me?
1: Yeah, impacted you <laughs> in your consciousness. It was a, a soft life it lesson. It, it it wasn't like he bashed you in the playground or anything, but uh, every no. single day. But that 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 little incident incidents yeah. end up coming into. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's get past this conversation. But okay. this is this is a big conversation about the victim and perpetrator roles, and how do you navigate the victim role so you can become the hero, and how you navigate the perpet or diffuse the perpetrator, so that. You know they, they don't, don't go power. down that path yeah. yeah yeah exactly so all all of that all of that stuff um and i did i i did this a lot with my other podcast which i am retiring which is my cvar podcast um and for the cvar podcast it was you you have these people who are who are injured by the inoculation that they took who are heavily censored being told they're crazy and suffering all this stuff. And instead of being the victim, they channeled all of that angst into telling their story and getting the story out and communicating and connecting with other people who are like-minded, who are, um, who are going through the same, same situations and supporting and, and championing each other's recovery and championing each other's detox and championing each other's, um, you know, we, uh, i don't know if it's their basically their pathway back into good health so that's how they took the higher road took the the hero road and became the here instead of the victim they became the hero in the story because they really are the hero in that story um and yeah and they just closed out all the naysayers and all the people who wanted to poo poo and and um tell them that they're crazy and they have nothing of value to share, but instead they just focus, just focus on y- telling your story and being there for other people who are going through the same s- struggles. And it's a beautiful journey that they're going through, but it is it is a very hard journey um, yeah. to turn the victim into a hero. It is a very hard journey. It yeah. takes
2: yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah.
1: So what tips, so what tips can you offer to, clean up our unconscious recurring programs that hold down our personal oral fields i know there's are a lot Ooh. in the book so <laughs> and like i said any any part of the book you can scan through yeah. and they all sit independent and like yeah. little nuggets of wisdom
2: yeah i i wanted to do like bite-sized pieces of that because for people to digest and really assimilate in their consciousness um for that very reason and enjoy the enjoy the process too because sometimes we make healing so hard and, mm-hmm. and so much about suffering and and feeling the pain again and the the, the what i wanted was to create a uh, a space for people where they can not have to revisit the pain so much but um acknowledge uh, what is, and, and transmute that into something beautiful, like what you're talking mm-hmm. about with a group of people. Um, because, you know, we, if we keep going through the pain, I mean, that just keeps that victim mentality going. Right. And mm-hmm. it, it's not really serving anybody. And so one of the tools that I really love to use for this whole thing, I've used a lot and I mention it in the book is really connecting with your inner child. Mm-hmm. Your inner child just ultimately wants to play, uh, and, and mm-hmm. your inner child is, is a symbol of your, your subconscious. So the subconscious idea is very abstract and it's hard to connect to, but when we can look at our subconscious as our inner child, our inner children, then we can connect with them through the heart. And then what we're doing is we're learning how to reparent ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, you know, by, through our inner children and we kind of get a do over to meet those needs that were not met when we were younger. And, um, and then let our child go out and play because, you know, you have kids and when they want something, they're going to bug you until they get it. Right. So it's so there's the same thing with the inner child. They're going to keep pulling at your, your, uh, pant leg until you, until you pay attention to what needs to be acknowledged. Right. And mm-hmm. so I think about like, why not just connect with them, love them, acknowledge them, meet their needs. And then, um, let them go play, and that'll help you go play. It'll inspire you to be more creative and to tap into that part of yourself as well. Yeah. So um, there's a small exercise that I give in for that, um, and so it's basically you know you're, you're med- you can be in a meditation, and let's say something triggers you, and you know for me, what I usually do is I think, okay, what age comes up for that mm-hmm. for that trigger, or that feeling? And then usually whatever age pops up is the age that I'll go with, and then I'll picture that age of myself in front of mm-hmm. me, and I will talk to the uh, to her and and ask her, you know, what what she needs and and how I can support her, how I can love her, what 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 can, what can I do for you, and um and she'll tell me very simply. Usually it's a very simple answer, um, and then I can you know, give her what she needs and, uh, tell her I love her. And now you can go play and, and just kind of, it's a very simple way to mm-hmm. resolve it, but in a way it's, it, it just, um, it, it creates, um, kind of takes away a lot of the anxiety that we're feeling, you know, uh, under the current by, um, by not really just, uh, looking at these things that that, mm-hmm. are, that are in with us, you know, all the time. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, so, yeah, so that's, that's one of the tools that I use. It's very simple and you can do that in a meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do a regular practice of, um, anything, something comes up. Like I try to, I, I connect with the feeling and it is that, um, you know, sometimes it can be a memory that you connect with. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and that, that might, that's usually, you know, what it's around and I go with that. And that's what I, that's what I clear, you know, is that, is that, that, um, uh, whatever program or issue that came up from that, that was yeah. in the past. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I like time, that time is, you know, you can do anything from mm-hmm. the past. You can clear it now, you know, this, Yep. you know, it's not, yep. there's no, yeah. So I'm
1: glad, I'm glad you brought that up That's because so awesome. I, yeah, that is that I gl- I'm glad you brought that up because that is exercise that anybody can do right now. Um, liter- and let me explain um, this exercise that you, you just touched on as well. I call it the time travel erase, eraser. <laughs> I like eraser.
0: that,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you're the time. Because remember, we had earlier conversation about consciousness. We are all interconnected and interweaving within the consciousness yes. of God, source, whatever you want to call it, in the universe. And it is in each and every single one of us watching and growing and letting us also experience our own individual identity and consciousness and journey. So in that realm of interconnectivity of all of creation when you're in that meditation where you blank out and clear your thoughts and then you insert a thought of what you want next you can also use that same meditation technique where you have reached that zero point in your consciousness where you have no thoughts and then if in your adult life or in your life now you've uncovered a trigger or a, um, a situation that just really irks you, then you know you should trigger. Then you know, okay, there's something things, there's some, some soft spot around this issue that I haven't addressed. So do a little self-reflection, come up with why you feel that way, where did it come from, blah, blah, blah. But once you identified and done that self-reflection exercise to address that trigger, then um, when you do that meditation and you get into that empty space of, of thinking of nothing, and nothing, imagine you you. At the time of that trauma. So let's say it's an example of the time of when you were a child being bullied. Okay. In your adult self, you're doing meditation, you've emptied your space, you insert the image of the of yourself at that time with that traumatic event. And then you tell yourself the wisdom and Give yourself the tools and the chalk tracks and the options and anything you want to tell yes, exactly. your younger version, yeah. just tell yourself that like you're kind of like use, you're using consciousness and, and, and the, the magic, the technology of stores and consciousness and time traveling. To give yourself a message about this traumatic event that you are going through and how to navigate it more smoothly so that it doesn't ripple back forth exactly. to your older self and you're still making unconscious decisions based off of this specific Dramatic event that is unconsciously programming and still running that unconscious program into your adulthood that's a quick simple exercise everybody can do it i do it with my clients all the time when it comes to very serious traumatic events like incest and rape and other things they literally reprogram that and once they reprogram that they just instantly feel like there's like a big heaviness that just lifted but If you've ever had a situation, and they say this in Buddhism and and metaphysics, if you ever had a situation that was really plaguing you, you, you're really um, up in arms about a certain situation that you're dealing with in your life, and then all of a sudden, one day, it doesn't bother you anymore. You like all of a sudden had an epiphany. It didn't bother you. You saw it differently. It doesn't trigger you anymore, but for a long time, it did. Yeah, That is... um, that is an indication that some point in the future self of you had made some kind of decision and come to some kind of terms forgiven that go of that and transmuted that energy back to the yes, old I version, past mm-hmm. version of yes. yourself. And then all of a sudden you're that kid going, huh, hey, that doesn't really bother me anymore. I don't, I'm not really angry at that kid anymore. And, you know, I don't know why it happened. I- but that's it's all how happening that,
2: right now, right? It's like, all happening right now. Your <laughs> yeah. future
1: self, your future self, is communicating to your past self, who's getting the benefit of releasing the anger or the angst. Yes, you can also so,
2: communicate with your future self too. You know, that's what yes to do.
1: Um, but yeah, like Back you're saying, forth. you're
2: liberating your inner children. You're liberating them from that that that's happening all now, really, that felt like it was the past, but not really. And we're yeah. all these different versions of ourself. We're in many different dimensions at once. And so that's how it works. Right. Cause we're, cause yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: It's a consciousness technology. And, and when you change and you, when you learn the life lessons, you have that, uh, that you re- reprogram yourself and you are basically communicating the consciousness technology to the version of yourself in the past that is experiencing that in real time because it is all happening in real time um then you heal that and that version of you that kid of you is growing up without these like trigger unconscious programming that's been you know stuck on it from this and that experience and in your life now as you're looking at it your reality has changed why is your reality change your reality in Buddhism has changed, hence Mandela effect or re- parallel reality shifts, because you clean your consciousness by doing these types of exercises. So it, it, it all comes full circle. So anyways, so much in the book, because um, I, I love that you, you put little nuggets and then when you think about those nuggets of information, you extract it further out. I mean, it, it gets, the conversation gets even more down the rabbit hole of consciousness. Um, so how can we <laughs> be a superhero to ourselves? So let's let's talk about that really quick. How yeah. can you be a superhero to yourself um, when it comes to, you know, working with your consciousness? Well, the your past, this concept your present, of us...
2: Yeah, this this is the chapter came about because I was thinking of this concept we have of saving other people um, and saving them from themselves, you know, really what mm-hmm. it comes down to. We're trying to save them from themselves, but that's weird. You know, how can you really do that? Um, and really, all you can do is save yourself. And what that does is it it helps everybody else. So, you know, like we've been talking with the multidimensional self, when you when you clear a program within you, you're also clearing it within everybody like all all consciousness like it gets Mm -hmm. cleared so actually when you're when you're working on yourself you're working on everybody right and everybody Mm -hmm. you come across so it's you're doing a service to that's everybody by saving yourself so and all you really can do is do that anyway so to to, for us to think we can save somebody else is is an impossible task and so what, what that again it comes into the um the martyr role you know and and all of that and um, and, you know, although there is so much like that people want to, you know, there's so much good that people want to do. They want to help each other. They see themselves in each other and they want to, they want to help. And again, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that, um, you know, if you're under the illusion that you're actually saving somebody, then it's, you know, maybe rethink that. Cause it, and, and you're not doing it for yourself, then that's, that's a problem. So. Right. We want to kind of bring it back to helping ourselves first. And that, you know, even with, you know, we're here for our kids too. And we're here to, of course, guide them and be obligated to them and responsible for them. And at the same time, we're role models for them. So everything that we're doing, they're watching very closely to see what we do. Mm -hmm. And so you're also Mm a role model for your kids. So If you're not taking care of yourself, and, and doing the work for yourself, that's going to reflect on them as well. So it's just a different way of looking at
1: yeah. the superhero
2: aspect is because we have the superhero mentality, you know, that like, Oh, this person, somebody's going to come. Everybody save wants us, to be an Avenger. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that's just so weird, you know, cause it's, it's, it's kind of, so it's just a, it's a strange concept. When I thought about it, I was like, huh, mm-hmm. that's interesting, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And every superhero movie always has self-reflection and growth. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. the same thing. You can't help anybody else until you clean up your own act. Exactly. Um, but, you know, in, in the concept of, and, and this is what I want to clear up in Buddhism too, because um, Yeshua Ben Yosef is um, was trained in, in the Buddhist monasteries as well. In the terms of saving other people, it's in the context of when you realize that you are all interconnected through consciousness, through source within you and that your experience and your reality is an expression of the consciousness within you and that's how you navigate the multiverse or reality um, is through your consciousness, then when you basically save yourself, you save everybody else. Because everybody else is interconnected to you. So it's an inside job on an individual (laughs) level, person to person to person. And the more people do their self-reflection and raise their consciousness um, and through cleaning up all these little triggers points in our our oral field, in our merkabas, the more we clean our, our consciousness field, the higher and higher our consciousness and the higher and higher expressions and frequency Um, of reality we experience and so um you actually end up being like like it's infectious it's you know it's infectious you become a you become a love virus because you are so high in energy so there was a there's a great buddhist quote um buddha the first one he actually says he actually addresses this concept of saving other people and also saving yourself yeah um he says, No one saves us but ourselves. No one can, and no one may. We ourselves must walk the path. Hmm. so each and every one of us is our own superhero, and we must walk our own path. That's why every- good super superhero movie Always has a little bit of self-reflection and growth and kind of yeah. the struggle. And then they become, um, they walk that path of the superhero. So let me ask you this. Um, lots of really good nuggets of wisdom in the book, by the way. Thank you. Uh, what is your last message for humanity?
2: Oh, man. <laughs> Ah, uh, uh, there was something that I posted, uh, on Instagram recently that said, you can't know anybody else until you know yourself first. Uh, you know, it, it, it just keep, it keeps coming back to that. Like we, to, I think what's going to is, I think your question was what's going to save humanity is for us to, uh, learn how to come back home to ourselves and find discernment within that and, and find calm. A, a calm place and peace. And, you know, cause if we're always externalizing everything and and looking outside ourselves for all the answers, we're never going to find peace. Um, mm-hmm. there's, there's something to be said for having an experience and, and seeing it as an experience. Cause that's what we're here to do. Right. So, but then you, then you also see things as like, okay, like you're saying, we're all coming from the same place. We're all coming from source consciousness mm-hmm. And so, you know, many of the things that we do to each other, we wouldn't do if we, if we really understood that. Um, mm-hmm. but I think that, um, the only thing that can really help with that is for each person to start prioritizing, uh, that space, that time for mm-hmm. themselves to start exploring that within them. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it takes like, uh, creating a healthy body, of course, which I mentioned in the book and how to do that as well. And, setting that, uh, the foundational, uh, you know, going by those foundational principles of health, and that's your foundation for having a healthy perspective. And Mm -hmm. then from there, you know, we're doing all the other work, the deeper spiritual work, the emotional intuitive, getting into our intuition, aligning our mind and all those things. Um, You know, so many people stop at the health principles and they're like, okay, I'm good. But there's much more than that because our body Mm -hmm. responds to us. It responds Mm -hmm. to what we're thinking, um, you know, what we're, you know, what, what our, what our soul wants, you know, it's, it's, it's working for you. It's a vehicle to work for you. It's not who you are, but it's here for you is what I like to say. So if we can start to understand, um, you know, more about ourselves in that way, I think we're going to be much kinder to each other. It's going to be a much better world. That new earth dream that we're bringing in is going to come more into fruition as we get into that. Mm-hmm. Um So, I, you know, I'm excited about what's to come. I feel like we're creating a, oh, an entirely different reality um at this point. Uh, and, and we can do that even better if people can start clearing their consciousness, as you say.
1: <laughs> going to do a little laundry, huh? Yeah. <laughs> We all got some dirty socks in our consciousness yeah. to clean up. I, I like programs,
2: that. Old programs, yeah, programs. Get rid of because we don't need those programs anymore, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Allison, thank you for a fun conversation. It was really delightful. So for more information on Allison's fitness training courses podcast and to get a copy of her book, please visit her website, Finally thriving book.com and thank you kindly for listening to another enlightening conversation until next time blessings thank you
0: we hope you enjoyed this episode of merkaba chakras where we talk buddhism in the fifth dimension for more information about today's guest please go to the show description For more information about Vaughn's metaphysical work, please go to Merkabachakras.com. The views expressed today are for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Don't forget to subscribe for more interviews about the fifth dimension. Until we meet again, blessings.